0: And then all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and I get a pop-up on my computer that says, "FedEx, your package has been delivered." And I'm like, "Nate, did somebody steal my our package? You know, because we did not see any trucks. Yeah, and I didn't see anything on. You know, nobody came by, and we ran out the front door and looked down the street. There was no cars or anything, and then we looked down. And we see this little, little box, and I'm like, "No way! Some kind of ninja FedEx guy just dropped this off, and I don't know where he vanished." Oh, it was to. on
1: your on your porch. It was on the front porch, so he left. You know, he didn't knock or anything.
0: It Didn't even knock. I was so amazed. I was like, "Okay, so who leaves a quarter of a million dollars yeah, on the front porch it right there? Know? Yeah, <laughs> wide
1: open, and it sent FedEx too. I, I find that interesting yeah. that it would be sent."
0: Well, FedEx and UPS, I I mean, one of them. It was delivered overnight. Got it,
1: okay, okay. But regardless, it wasn't delivered in an armored truck with... No. Business owners in Salt Lake City are proving that there are a million ways to discover your story and make a living. We're going to their turf to talk with people who are doing exactly that. I'm your host, Clyde Mead, the CTA Community Supports. I believe in inclusion, social capital, and employment for all. A commonwealth. Commonwealth. Welcome back. This week we've got a fun podcast for you with a cryptocurrency startup discussion with Calvin Waite. Um, Quick introduction. Calvin Waite and Nate Davis are co-founders of a cryptocurrency startup here in Salt Lake City, Utah called Coinbook. They've been involved with Bitcoin and other digital currencies since 2013. Over the years, they've been active in the crypto world, mining Bitcoin and other coins, working with developers, and even creating high-frequency trading algorithms. Calvin, the CEO, has a master's degree in finance from the University of Utah and has worked as a financial analyst for many years prior to this venture. Nate, the CTO... It's been a vice president of information systems and is a very talented coder and networking engineer. They make a pretty good pair. In the early days of Altcoin, Nate worked on various core wallet software and has learned to build wallets from scratch. Together with a team of powerful lawyers and accountants, they're taking on the biggest players in the space by starting a Bitcoin exchange in the United States. Again, centrally located here in Salt Lake City, that will trade against the US dollar itself. Feel free to connect with Calvin on LinkedIn or by searching for coinbook.com. With that, let's get into today's conversation. All right,
0: it's working now. We're set. So, Calvin Waite, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, so my name is Calvin Waite, and I am the CEO of Coinbook. And Coinbook. Yes. So we're found at coinbook.com. And um, what we do is we are essentially a Bitcoin and altcoin exchange. And we are based, our, our, um, we're, we're basically an online exchange. There's no physical uh, exchange or anything like that. And we're working towards um, going live. We're not live yet, but um, by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully it will be. Okay, nice. And uh, we're we're putting together uh, an app to follow once we get everything worked out and the bugs worked out. But um, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency is a very interesting space right now.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, and we've talked off air, but... I can't like I can't keep my eyes off it. Just the whole blockchain thing, everything to deal with blockchain, but especially Ethereum
0: and, and Bitcoin right now. Yeah. Watching it rise and fall, and it's
1: all over the map. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, yeah. Beautiful. If you're uh, if you're following it, it's not for the the faint of heart. You have to have a certain stomach for the ups and downs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what brings you to Bitcoin? How do you how'd you get to that
1: point? Yeah.
0: So. Um, I was introduced um, to Bitcoin back in 2013. Uh, I got the guy that explained what it was and gave me the, the rough basics of it, his name is Nate Davis, and he is the co-founder of Coinbook. So uh, he and I both put this together, and uh, he explained to me kind of the rough basics of what Bitcoin is. It's essentially a decentralized uh, currency. So most currencies that people are familiar with um, are printed from a central location, usually a government. So government says we're going to have a currency, this is our mint, we're gonna mint this currency and we'll distribute it to our population and it'll be a means of exchange across our population. And it's the only legal tender recognized by this government. Mm -hmm. Well, Bitcoin is not centralized. So what they've done is they've taken a digital currency and they've figured out how to make the units non-duplicatable. So normally, electronic things can be copied and pasted and you can make an instant, infinite copy. Well, Bitcoin will only have 21 million bitcoins in existence there will never be any more and in fact there can be less when people lose them or they they have they have them on a a hard drive that crashes and is unrecoverable. so 21 million is the cap and the interesting thing about that is that it's what i think it is the first currency that i've ever heard of that is deflationary not inflationary Mm -hmm. So there will be a set amount of units. So he explained this to me. He also explained that in order to get new Bitcoins, you have to mine them. And mining takes electricity and computer hardware. And it takes a lot of money to generate a Bitcoin. So they're actually expensive to get. And the more competition there is to mine a Bitcoin, the more difficult it is to get them. Because the... There's an algorithm that increases the difficulty so that more Bitcoins are released every 10 minutes on a set schedule. Okay. And uh, during the schedule, every four years, roughly four years, the reward that the miners get drops in half. And so at the beginning, when a miner would um, mine a a Bitcoin block, uh, they would get 50 Well, four years after it started, um, they started getting only 25 for their same effort and same equipment and same costs. And then four years later, which is, this is the the third four-year period, it's now, um, it only gives you 12 and a half every block. Mm -hmm. So they're becoming more and more expensive and more and more difficult to get, which has an impact on price. Got it. So when I was first introduced, um, bitcoins were trading around twelve or thirteen dollars, mm-hmm. and it was just before it went from fifty to twenty-five. And when he explained it to me, I my mouth was wide open. I could not believe what I was hearing, <clears throat> and I was sold on it at that exact moment. <laughs> I didn't have to have any anyone so, sell it to me beyond so that. So
1: what sold you? <clears throat> what sold you on Bitcoin? Like. I hear the whole story, yeah but what is the thing that that thing that crosses the line for you it says this is this is it
0: for me well, I think it helps that I have a background in trading i've I've traded i've I've traded stocks I've traded uh, options I've done foreign exchange trading I've just been exposed to a lot of markets in general
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and the challenging thing about the stock market is uh, when people buy stock, uh, they are hoping that the company will do better and the perception of their company will Im- improve so that their stock value goes up. <clears throat> well, the problem is is that once the company is doing really well, the, uh, the CEO goes, Hey, our, our stock's worth a lot of money right now. We could, we could start all these new extra projects. And so he immediately invents <clears throat> a brand new crop of shares and dumps them on the market, and it's flooding the market with more shares. And I could never get past that, because it seemed like every time the markets are doing really well that your your, your skin in the game is being diluted a little bit. <clears throat> and so I was kind of on the lookout for some kind of an investment that that couldn't be manipulated in some way. So when he explained that, hey, it's part of the software, there's there's 21 million is it. It's mm-hmm. baked in. And the difficulty increases on a set schedule, so, so there's no surprises in the economy. You know exactly where the money supply is. You can go online and check out exactly how many Bitcoins are in existence. Everything's completely transparent. And not only that, but... If somebody decides they don't like Bitcoin as a, comp- a competing currency, nobody can go to a server and shut it down. They can't go to a certain location and raid them and take Bitcoin offline. Mm-hmm. Because everywhere in the world that somebody's running a full node, they are holding Bitcoin up.
1: And do you know how
0: many of those nodes are in existence right now? I don't, I don't have an exact number, but um, it only takes two. Yeah. So you only need a handful, but um, there are thousands and thousands of nodes all over. And in fact, um, there's a company that put a full node on a satellite, and it's it's running a full node up in space, <laughs> and it's to give people access to this. Yeah. So it's sort of like a Pandora's box that it's been released, and nobody can really put it back. <laughs> So that's kind of my fun. background and yeah, my, my interest in all of this.
1: So tell me, let's
0: say 20 years ago, what were you doing? Who were you? 20 years ago, I was probably sitting in high school. High school, okay. Where? Uh, I, I think I just graduated. I just had my 20 year high school reunion. So yeah, I was so literally <laughs> 20 years ago you graduated from high school. So I, I uh, went to high school in Butte, Montana. Okay. Which is where I get my social prowess, you know. We are very close to my neighbors.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm from a, a town outside of Sheridan, Wyoming. Oh,
0: okay. So just down the hill from you. When I was a little kid, we lived in Sher- Sheridan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, my dad, he was into mining and uh, he t- taught at a...
1: Mining as in
0: physical mining. Yes, actual okay. mining. He, he was a hydrogeologist though, so he didn't do... Oh, what? Uh, say that word again. Hydrogeologist. Oh, it's hydrogeologist. Ground- groundwater. Got it. He okay. was going to school and getting himself. So he became a professor, and he's very well respected. So that's really. Cool. And where, he's a professor in Butte. He's a professor in Helena now. In Helena. Okay. When I was when I graduated, we were living in Butte, Montana. It's not a it's not a town uh, for wimps. Let's just say. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Lots of
1: wind and cold temperatures, and yeah. Yeah. So it's a good spot, though. I I really enjoy that area. Well, it's cool to hear that your your father was a hydrogeologist, and you're here mining Bitcoin. You know. And,
0: yeah.
1: And, and well, I guess you're not mining. Yeah, per I'm se. not you're running mining. A, so how how does CoinBook? Um, well, let's not get there yet. Let's get
0: let's. You graduated from high school, and you went into. Yes, so I, my interest and background is in finance. Okay. So I got my undergrad at BYU um, in finance, and I worked, um, my first real job was at Goldman Sachs. And then I went and worked for the University of Utah. Real job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did all this. The, what qualifies know. as a real job? <laughs> well, my first um, salary position. Okay. Let's just say. Okay.
1: <laughs> so one of the tenets of of what well, what I do is just the discussion that there are a million ways to make money in yes. the world. The the niches in in existence have no bound, no end. Um, I'm not the expert in any of them, but but there always is somebody who is, you Mm -hmm. know? So, anyway, so your first real job is with Goldman
0: Sachs, and it's where? Is it here? In Salt Lake. In Salt Lake, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I worked there for just a little bit, and then I um, became a financial analyst at the University of Utah, and worked there for quite a bit longer, um, probably three and a half years or so, Mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, and while I was there, I uh, got my master's of finance at the University of Utah.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: So I kind of have an interest in finance and markets and kind of market psych- psychology. And while I was in in school, um, that's kind of where I'd, I'd kinda, I I'd kind of I had a, a great interest in in the markets at that point. So I have I have memories of back when Bitcoin was $17. I was sitting in in the mergers and acquisitions class in my master's degree at the University of Utah and and uh, I've got my laptop up and I'm watching the price of Bitcoin go up and down and, and the dudes <laughs> on either side of, of me were you know just like what is this clown doing, you know, especially being in the financial market world.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean it's pretty radical. <laughs> it was a radical time to,
0: to to enter that market, for sure. Well, yeah, because when Bitcoin began, it was sort of a it was known mostly for illegal activities and drug and money laundering, and people kind of look at me because you know I'm I'm a pretty clean cut guy, and they're just like, why? What are yeah. you doing <laughs> here in this space? He said, what about you doing? I know, but. Uh, <laughs> But I wasn't interested in why they were using Bitcoins. I was interested in the technology and the fact that it was an incredible investment. You know, where do you buy something that's limited in number, that's hard to get, and is more difficult over time? I mean, it's it's the perfect combination of a good investment.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, at what point do you go from your real job to
0: full-time Bitcoin? Are you there now? I'm, I'm going to be there shortly. Okay. So what happened is um, Coinbook is only uh, five months old right now. And we, I'd like to make sure that we're live first. Mm -hmm. And mostly because my wife is expecting our last child. Yeah. And she told me that she does want a little bit of insurance. Your last child. (laughs) You say that before your last (laughs) child is born.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: uh, we, We have four boys and a girl. And we've got one last boy on the way. So I think we've. Well, congrats. We're there. Yeah. My my plan was to have as many children as we could support emotionally, financially, as possible, and then have one more. <laughs> just Re-
1: really? Is that how you <laughs> dead serious? <laughs> That's my joke. Okay, just to stretch it, right? You got to keep <laughs> yourself stretched. I've, I have four myself, so. I've got a So you know what I'm it's talking. It's not quite about. as large as yours, but our fourth did stretch us. That's mm. for sure.
0: Yeah, there, there's always that last one that <laughs> cures you. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> You're like yeah, okay, that's, that's all it. I can take that's, right there. Love
0: kids to death,
1: <laughs> Gotcha. So. I guess as anybody who jumps into an entrepreneurial world, you're you're waiting for that moment of stability that that may or may not ever come.
0: But well, the funny thing is, is I could probably retire for the rest of my life right now. Gotcha. Um, we've made enough on bitcoins that we're pretty yeah. much good to go. But um, I think my wife wouldn't know what to do with me if I. You know, up and finished everything. I know, I know that CoinBook's gonna take over a lot of my time, and it'll it'll just be the next thing. But it is funny because people where I'm working now, they uh, they know that I'm doing okay, and they know that I they know that there's no reason why I should be at work. You know, so it's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, it's that fantastic. Though, yeah. <laughs> That's a
0: great place to be in. Yeah. So tell me, how is CoinBook different than Coinbase? Excellent question. So right now, so let me explain. Um, Coin CoinBook is going to be one of the few places you can buy bitcoins with dollars, and that is what Coinbase does. Meaning cash, or or yes. do you mean
1: with credit cards
0: and? Uh, you can use cash or credit cards. Or debit cards. Okay, okay. We're gonna be set up for all of that. But going from fiat, which is U.S. dollars, to cryptocurrency has always been sticky Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. because
0: there's a lot of regulation, there's a lot of unknown, and um, Coinbase was sort of the first mover, and then now there's a Gemini excuse me, (laughs) Gemini.com is another place where you can do that, Um, and we're kind of number three so we are really launching off on a on quite the plan most people are scared to death to enter the space because they are afraid of you know regulation of all of the red tape and it just seems like a headache Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so we've we've taken the bull by the horns we have a set of really good attorneys we have two sets of accountants one's one that specializes in the tax side of things and the other one that specializes in the auditing side of things and we are we are following the book like you've never you've yeah, never yeah i imagine <laughs> i imagine you walk every line you possibly can walk yeah, yeah we've got a couple of volumes of anti-money laundering policies and everything else we yeah, are yeah, we are yeah. we are ready to go but what makes us different from Coinbase? So Coinbase has has a has a following, but the funny thing about big companies is sometimes they get a little cocky, and Coinbase has done that. They've gotten themselves into a position where they essentially ran they ran the world. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you want to get into Bitcoin, you have to use Coinbase. There's it's no other. It still option. pretty much
1: feels like the only game in town.
0: Yeah. Well, they've done some things that are politically. I think, some dumb moves, and everyone is annoyed by it, but nobody has any other option. And when option number two comes on board, it's going to be a relief to the economy. And what I mean is, um, so Bitcoin went through this kind of scaling debate, Mm -hmm. and Coinbase decided that they were going to... Support this, um, the Bitcoin fork, Bitcoin split into Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash. And now, um, Coinbase is offering Bitcoin cash and I think they did it. I mean, I can't say for sure, but it feels like it was done for, uh, for, for the money. It seemed like that they stood to gain a lot by mm-hmm. supporting this. But what they did is they've confused everybody. <clears throat> there are people that think that Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. And there are proponents of Bitcoin Cash that try to say that Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin. The result of that is people are losing their money. Because if you, trade, if you transfer Bitcoin from a Bitcoin wallet and deposit it into a Bitcoin Cash wallet, those coins are gone forever. It's they're lost. <clears throat> and vice versa, if you go from a Bitcoin cash wallet into a Bitcoin wallet, those coins are gone. And because they were forked from the same chain, the wallet can't tell you, hey, this isn't the right address because it uses the same algorithm to generate the address. So it says, yep, this is clear, this is good to go. And so they've caused a, r- a lot of confusion and a lot of problems in, in the industry. And... Um, so there, there's, there are some problems. Let's just put it that way. What we're going to do different and what we're going to do better is we have um, some main philosophies that we are interested in. And our number one philosophy is transparency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What we've done <clears throat> is that our, our fees or our profits are already built into the price. So when you buy Bitcoins from us... Um, that price that you pay is exactly the price you pay so there's no surprises there's no confusion Um, if you trade on other platforms you'll buy bitcoins and then you'll notice that you just also spent $150 in a fee that that they just slapped on top of it and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth but with us if you like the price and you're ready to buy you buy it at that price and that's the only price you pay So that way, people feel like, hey, you know, I'm not getting sideswiped after I've done a transaction. So that transparency is very important. The next thing that we're doing is we're encouraging our customers to hold their own wealth. We are happy to be an on-ramp and an off-ramp between Bitcoin and cash um, from dollars. And Um, But what we want is we don't want to be a hub where we're holding everybody's money. We don't intend on being a bank. A bank, yeah. Okay. I mean, we will protect that, and it'll be under the the highest security possible. But if you're buying Bitcoin as kind of a plan B or an alternative or an investment, you want to hold those coins yourself. So we've partnered with some of the major... um, hardware wallet uh, companies and we are selling their wallets on our site for, at a discounted price so that if you have Bitcoins you can buy the Bitcoins you can transfer onto onto a physical device and you can keep them in a safety deposit box you can keep them at your house in a safe like put your, <clears> your <throat> cash under your pillow right? <clears throat> exactly. you can make your own decision on where it goes and how it hangs out Right, because what if Coinbase's site goes down or what if they get hacked where do you stand?
1: That's pretty awesome. And I love that idea. Yeah,
0: so this way, everybody that is a customer of ours, they are they are in charge of their own wealth. We don't. We're not a central hub for everybody's wealth. We're not another bank in the landscape.
1: So, how does a person?
0: So I like the idea
1: in, in theory, and I need to obviously yeah. we just need to talk about it more. But how does a person like? Uh, guarantee that my thousand dollar iPhone X doesn't just melt and there
0: goes my money. Yeah. yeah. Great point. I mean, I know there are plenty of um, wallets for phones, and I think there are certain backups you can do, and I'm not familiar with all of them, but I'm very familiar with the products that we offer. There's a company called Trezor, which is a company that we like the most.
1: uh uh-huh.
0: And... It's a physical device. It plugs into a USB port. And how Bitcoin works, and how Bitcoin is hacked, let's just say it this way, is somebody gets onto your computer. Let's say you've downloaded a wallet onto your desktop. Mm-hmm. They get into your computer, and all they have to do is hunt for your private keys. Yeah. And there's a little file called wallet.dat. Got it. Yeah. Once they've copied that file and have a have a copy of it they can send your bitcoins and all all Bitcoin transactions are one-way transactions so if they've been if they've been sent they are gone nobody can reverse that transaction Fantastic. so where do you want to store your private keys do you want them on your computer that's got all these programs and software and downloads and updates or do you want it on a physical device where the only software that's on that is the manufacturer of this company, and all that happens is when you're ready to send bitcoins, you plug your USB device in, and it has its own touch screen, and so you say, "I'd like to send some bitcoins," and you open a browser because it interfaces with a, a um, Google Chrome extension. Okay. And it asks you to put your PIN in. Well. The cool thing about it is if somebody's reading your screen, like somebody's got some screen yep. tracking software, the it's it's anywhere from a four to six digit pin number, and the numbers are in different orders on the on the Trezor device every time. So you plug it in and you're clicking different spots on the screen mm-hmm. every, every time to click your same pin. So the heat map never looks the same. That's yeah. right. So they've done that to, to protect against it. And then when you send bitcoins from your trezor device the private keys are on the the trezor wallet and they are never they are never broadcast anywhere else it just creates a transaction and that text transaction that you would publish to the blockchain is the only thing that leaves that device so it's uber secure so then that brings brings up two questions so what happens if my device gets corrupted or what if it breaks yep yep um well what what they what you do is when you set it up is you create a backup and it asks you to write down 24 seed words and and if your wallet gets corrupted or broken or or even stolen all you have to do is get another device Mm -hmm. enter those 24 words in the right order and you're, you're back to the races. You have your money back. So, so this this other
1: place that's holding your information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how do we know that that place isn't can't be corrupted? You know, I I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't have the right words to describe what I'm trying. to... Yes, I know
0: what you're there. saying. You're saying, what if Trezor was in in cahoots yeah, and exactly. tried to create a a scheme. Um, and this is
1: paranoia talking, but, oh, but I mean, we're, we're talking about Welcome money, to Bitcoin. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You've been there. So. I mean, because the truth is, my kids lose my money all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's just how it is. See? Yep. It's My cash is no more safe in all reality. In fact, it being fiat currency is a pretty solid argument that mm-hmm. it's less.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so Trezor wouldn't be selling any more Trezors. The second that happens, right? They have a f- they have an economic incentive to do the right thing, but um, there's also um, they're they're also a product that's kind of released to the world. Every every company that loves to re- re- reverse engineer um, gadgets and and items, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. there's plenty that that have a have a chance to see if there's anything weird going on and clean. Got it. So something that keeps going through my
1: mind, Calvin, is how how do you know these guys? How do you know Trezor? How do you know, um, what was your business partner's name again? Nate Davis. Nate Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of brought up how you guys but let's start there. How did, how did you guys get together? And
0: Yeah, so he, he um, we lived in the same neighborhood, and we, I think we were at a park. Our kids were playing at the park, and he was like, hey, you know what? I've been mining these Bitcoins, and I've made like $400. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're doing what now? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've just got, I've got this mining thing on my computer, and uh, I've, been, I've been selling these, and I've been selling them for $5. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that you are mining a digital currency... And it's worth more than a dollar.
1: Yeah,
0: I couldn't yeah, yeah. believe my ears. Yeah, like price tells you a lot because if it's worth more than a dollar, <clears throat> that instantly told me that these cannot be mass-produced. They can't be copied indefinitely, and it, and it told me that they're very robust because there's a lot of financial incentive for somebody to go in and.
1: And that take. knowledge is from your experience in past yes. markets and such.
0: Yeah, because okay. how do you know a company's worth what they are? It's You look at their stock price, and you're like, huh, well, their market cap is this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of expectation from a lot of people that value this at X. Got it. You know, And, and markets are brutal. If you do something wrong and the public finds out, it's punished in the stock price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you two so, just started talking. Yeah, we a- just started talking about it, and I was sold on it the very second. And I bought my first 10 Bitcoins from, from him, and the, at the time it was trading at $12.50. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll pay you a premium. I'll buy them for $150, $15 each.
1: Man, I'd like to jump in that market
0: right <laughs> now, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell people I bought my first 10 Bitcoins for $150, they're, they're usually looking at me like how did you do that? Yeah. And then back then, how did you know it was a good idea, you know? Yeah, well, it was... Nobody knew, I don't... I think you knew... There's something
1: inside you that knows that all the all the stars are aligning. It feels right. But not everybody's yeah. willing to jump. Yeah. You know. And I think a lot of people felt like you did, but
0: a lot of people... Didn't make the Didn't move. jump, yeah. But we've been... I've been hit. Uh, I lost... I lost half of my bitcoins on MTGOX going down. Okay. It was a big exchange It was like the only exchange back then, and they got hacked. And long story short, I think someone had a copy of their wallet.dat file, and they were slowly pulling money out. Oh. And so our money is gone from that, and and um, they still haven't settled that bankruptcy. <clears throat> so we're still waiting for a settlement on that. But I still had my other half there, and I I traded those and got back up to 10 or 15 and and had them on a site called Cripsy. And then Cripsy, the CEO, grabbed all the money and ran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he went to China and took millions of dollars. And most of my Bitcoins went with him again. And so I, I kind of held on and I ended up getting a little smarter about how to keep them safe. And I went ahead and I, I kind of did some freelancing and did some things but I'd always kept at least 10 bitcoins in my possession well, I'll tell you there's, this is probably another story because um, this is such an intense story of how me and Nate really hit it go, I want to hear it so what happened is so Cripsy went, went down and we were, you know one of the original altcoins. Everyone's familiar with Litecoin, Mm -hmm. but very few people know or remember Feathercoin. Well, it's one that Nate, um, he knows the developers, and he's kind of worked back and forth with them, and it was one of his favorite coins. Okay. And so both he and I have always kind of watched that Feathercoin market. Well, I did a little research, because after they went bankrupt, they... They sold anything that was liquid. All the the coins that had a market, like Bitcoin and Litecoin, they sold those off. And um, they converted that all into cash. And the other coins that didn't have a very liquid market, they really couldn't sell them. Well, they published a list of all the coins that they really couldn't sell very well. Mm -hmm. And Feathercoin was among those coins. And we looked at it and I did a little research and I figured out, just using the Feathercoins blockchain, I found out which wallet contained those coins. And my idea was, I'm going to watch this wallet and see if these coins move. Because the second those move off to an exchange, I know we're going to see some low prices coming up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Because if they dump it on the market, it's going to drive Feathercoin price really low. And I think I'll try to snatch some of these. Well, I watched it for months. And finally, I thought, you know, maybe I'll contact these lawyers and see what they're gonna do with these. So, um, over the course of two months, <clears throat> I was able to get in contact with the lawyers that were handling that, and I called, I called them and had quite a few conversations, and they said, "Well, you know, we're not really interested in selling just." the one they or want, even a part of it the list. we just want to sell the whole thing and be done with it yeah. we're trying to wrap this up we're trying to get people their money back and we want to get some cash and move on and I said okay well how much do you want <laughs> and um, so I got off the phone with him and I called Nate and I said Nate uh, you will not believe the opportunity that we have We have the possibility of buying an exchange worth of coins. And there are 55 different coins, and there are millions of these things. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's not a huge market right now, which makes this a little risky. But I think over time, and if we slowly sell them and whatever, we could make a lot of money. So we eventually, um, we did the transaction. And it was really funny. I mean, it's kind of, there's a lot of details, but... The funny thing is, is we didn't tell anybody. Like, we didn't tell our parents. We didn't tell anyone because we didn't want... Did you tell your wife? We told wife, yeah, because yeah, that was, we had it it was a financial so yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we didn't want to hear all their naysaying, you yep, know? Yep, yep, yep. We, we were going to do it no matter what, and we didn't want to hear all about, what? You're giving away all this money? You yeah. know, because we weren't big time, you know? We were just average guys. I mean, we used we scrounged out whatever we could i think i sold the 10 bitcoins i had plus we had to borrow from a tax return i mean we were we were scraping out the shed
1: you know that sounds like every company i've ever ran so i didn't
0: know where he's there so we went all in we went all in and uh and you know bitcoin right that's like it's you don't know who to trust and we did our best i mean i i found the guy on linkedin and we did kind of some background to, to see if these guys really were who they who we thought they were, and they really were lawyers, and we found them on Florida State Bar, and, and we kind of did our thing, and we're like, all right, well, let's do it. And we wired some money, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, it was a decent amount of money that we sent over there. And then we waited because we had to send them the money first, and then they had to go to the judge and, and get signed off that, yeah, okay, I, I agree that this good. is okay to do. So we waited three weeks, and we got that phone call, and he says, "Judge signed it. You guys are good to go." And so we tentatively <laughs> celebrated. Who makes that call? Who, do you, get, it who a, do you hear from? It was a judge. Oh, yep. the call was the lawyer that was. The in lawyer calls of you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so it was a receivership lawyer. Okay. So we were in contact with him, and he called, said, "Hey, they approved it," and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I was so happy. But then we had to wait for the hard drive to come because they wanted a physical, trackable thing that they had given them to us. Mm-hmm. So me and Nate took the day off of work, and we're sitting there stressed out at our at the kitchen table. Every car that drove down the street, we'd run up to the window and see if it was there, you know? And uh, at one point, the mailman showed up, and we, we see this square white car thinking that it's FedEx, and... and we're yelling curses at the postman to get down, get off of our street. <laughs> <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and I get a pop-up on my computer that says, FedEx, your package has been delivered. And I'm like, Nate, did somebody steal my our package? You Because know, <laughs> we did not see any trucks. Yeah. And I didn't see anything on, you know, nobody came by. And we ran out the front door and... Look down the street there was no cars or anything and then we look down and we see this little little box and I'm like no way some kind of ninja FedEx guy just dropped this off and I don't know where he vanished to oh it was to. on
1: your on your porch it was on the porch so he left
0: you know and he didn't knock or anything didn't even knock I was so amazed I was like Okay, so who leaves a quarter of a million dollars yeah, on the front porch? Right there, yeah, right there, yeah, wide open. And
1: it sent FedEx, too. I, I find that interesting yeah. that it
0: would be sent. Well, FedEx and UPS, I, I mean, one of them. It was delivered overnight. Yeah. Got it,
1: okay, okay. But regardless, it wasn't delivered in an armored truck with no. you know, three train guys yeah. from Cambodia or something.
0: Yeah, it was done pretty, it was pretty slick, you know. I mean, <laughs> they had it. it just looked like any old package. Yeah. but oh my goodness so we opened it up and this is where Nate became an expert at wallets okay we realized that they weren't they weren't wallets that were you know out of the box ready to go <clears throat> it was a list of wallet files gotcha they had to be turned into so something so he had to research what what needed to be added and he's created just the fort Knox of security He's got everything all command line. So what's what's
1: Nate's background? How does he get to this yeah. point?
0: so he's a he's the vice president of, over um, technology at a medical company. Okay. And he's just one of the smartest guys I've ever met. I mean, I'm not too bad, you know, as far as, you know, technical things. But this guy is just off the charts. He, uh, he not only kn- knows, like, networking and... Um, you know kind of hardware and software like he can build his computers and create networks and do mm-hmm. all that well he's also a programmer he knows yeah. how to, to write in php and he's he knows how to develop web and apps like the guy just knows it all got it and so with his his technical background and my financial background we're we're a dang good you made team. a good match okay so anyway he sits and he starts building these wallets And at the time, there wasn't much market for these things. Mm -hmm. But we got the coins a year ago in four days. It was February 16th of last year that we got all of these coins. Oh, right. Well, back in 2017, especially around February, that's when Bitcoin started going from 1,000 to 2,000 to 3,000. On up to yeah, if anybody December. Yeah, to go check,
1: look at the it graph. It was 20000 Last year at this
0: time, it's pretty insane. It was the biggest run-up ever. And I'll tell you what happened, is when Bitcoin started rising, everyone goes, ooh, maybe my little altcoin's going to be worth something someday. And sure. people started buying these coins that they hadn't bought forever. Got it. And got coins it, got it, got that got we wrote it. off, we thought they'd be worth nothing. I'll give you an example. There was a coin called Mooncoin.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Oh, what a
0: great name! Yeah, moon yeah, coin. right. So there, there are billions of moon coins, but because we bought the entire exchanges coins, mm-hmm. we had eight, we had eight and a half billion moon coins. Well, they were trading for less than the smallest unit of a bitcoin. Got it. So for people that don't know, bitcoin has eight decimal points. So the smallest amount of bitcoin you can buy is one one hundred millionth and today it costs you about a hundred of those small units to get a penny so a hundredth of a penny is what we're talking about you couldn't, you couldn't sell these for a hundredth of a penny and so we figured it was a loss we just kind of wrote it off well all of a sudden I, you know, and I'm tracking all these I've got a thousand tabs open on my browser and I've got every coin that we're looking at and we're, I'm watching markets and things and all of a sudden, it starts trading for one one hundred millionth of a bitcoin. They call it a satoshi. So.
1: <laughs> satoshi gets that <laughs> gets that honor, huh? Yes, okay. that's right. All right. So one one hundredth of a million is considered a satoshi. Yeah. So the Instead smallest. Instead of saying a cent, we call it a satoshi. I've never heard that. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so for those of you that don't know... I'm worth at least five Satoshis. So. <laughs> oh,
0: really? Yeah, yeah. A twentieth of a <laughs> yeah, penny, exactly. huh? That's a lot. <laughs> awesome. So, there's a, a guy that used the pseudonym, pseudonym whatever you call that. Um, his name's Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. And he essentially wrote the white paper and introduced Bitcoin to the world. Yeah. And if it's a guy or a girl or a group, we're not sure. But anyway, so they call it a Satoshi. So a one Satoshi moon Yeah, anybody coin out there in
1: podcast land that <laughs> wants an interesting history of, of Bitcoin, look into that guy or girl or lady or yeah, whatever, look into his name. There's some pretty fascinating yeah. stuff behind the scenes, how that all got off the ground.
0: So Yeah. So, all right. So I find out that Mooncoin is trading for one Satoshi. Well... If you have eight billion of these, mm-hmm. and you can sell them all for one satoshi, you've made eighty bitcoins. Got it. <clears throat> and we we and now we're talking. made a lot of money. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah. just say, between that and a lot of these others, with the prices moving up. We made a lot of money. So this Mooncoin—that's
1: what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Mooncoin. I mean, when you bought the original list or file, mm-hmm. Mooncoin wasn't even on your radar, was it? No, we the just world. wrote it off like, "Well, we'll hang on to these forever." But the fact that you bought so many made the odds of one of them being through the roof.
0: Yes. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we had fifty-five different coins, <clears throat> and so anything that popped. I watched the trends, I watched the market, I looked at the technicals, I kind of you know, and it was also pure pure luck. <clears throat> Some of these, like for example, Mooncoin, it hadn't traded for one Satoshi for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how on earth, two months after we did this deal, does it start trading yeah, at yeah. that level again? Like, it was just... The timing
1: was unbelievable. You'd like to say it's luck, but you do there's so much risk mitigation there by buying 55 different coins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Some people would say that's risky, but the reality is that you, you increase your odds. Right.
0: So... <clears throat> yeah, so we definitely... When we bought it, we thought we would... We thought we might double what we had, and we thought, oh, man, you know, if we could make a couple ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, man, that would Great. be so cool. Great. Yeah, you bet. And and now it's you know, now that so what we did is we took all those coins and we converted them to Bitcoin. <clears throat> okay. And we've been sitting on all these bitcoins. Well now Bitcoin's gone all all kinds of crazy. Yep. And um, we're just we're using Bitcoin to set up our business. We our lawyers accept Bitcoin. Our accountants, both of them. Are these lawyers and accountants that are here in Salt Lake? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. So local people. And you and Nate are both here. Yep. Nate's still here in Salt Lake. Yep. So I live in Taylorsville and Nate lives in Sandy. And our lawyers are in Sandy and same with our accountants. Kind of everyone's in the same general area. Yeah. And uh, they're really good. They're so, so smart we got an amazing team. Um, But yeah, we are are essentially creating this exchange. Um, We've hired out all the development, and we essentially hired a team for only a couple Bitcoin to build out our entire website. And we had them not complete it. We had them build everything, all the pretty stuff, a lot of the database stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Nate and um, his brothers that are really technically savvy they're going to go in and connect the wallets and do all the sensitive stuff that we don't want anybody knowing about so all of the security and all of the coin stuff is done perfectly in-house which and then the rest of the trading and all of that has already has been built out by experts that can handle velocity and all of that so it's going to be an awesome system when we get going but it's also a really funny story of rags to riches cuz you know i mean we were we were struggling along and doing our thing mm-hmm. for for years and years and a year ago we did this deal and then now i mean we could both essentially retire and stop working work. forever yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh we're just we just love the space and it's so interesting and fascinating and we know what the we know being in the space for as long as we have we know what the market needs. Mm-hmm. We know what this exchange needs to deliver, to make people safe, and uh, abide by the laws and, and things. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, our lawyers are are Im- very amazing. <clears throat> they've they have taken a limited knowledge of the industry and ran with it. They are they they're probably they could probably start their own practice of advising bitcoin, For bitcoin companies now. because yeah. they know so much about it now got it and what to do and everything it's it's really neat
1: this is probably the best testimony of the word us uh, so we use the word i use the word social capital to describe the power an individual has based on their mm-hmm. re- relationships or networks mm-hmm. um, so you know working with my the my friends, you know, who are autistic or, or something along those lines, it's mm-hmm. always who they know, just like mm-hmm. us, who you know, at the right time, at the right moment, making the right steps, and so you and Nate, I mean, it just came out of social capital. You guys formed mm-hmm. some social capital, and you guys were both willing to make crazy decisions at the right moment, and <laughs> yeah. and, and they're paying off. Yeah it's, yeah, it's working.
0: Well, I think we're gonna be able to do some good things in the in the valley, though. Because, um, so, in my local area, there's a, um, so, um, I mean, here in Utah, the predominant religion is uh, LDS, and there's a local um, congregation that they're uh, deaf, Uh and it was made known to us that there is, um, there are a lot of people that are deaf that are very bright and very qualified, but employers don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. They don't. They're they're kind of scared. Like, what kind of support do I need, or this or that? <clears throat> well, we we intend on creating, because <clears throat> um, we're going to need some live chat. We're going to need some customer service and that type of thing, and um, we'll see how it goes. I can't I can't promise everything, but in our minds, we would like to um, see if we can get that community involved and have them be kind of the live chat and and customer support type of thing for our company mm-hmm. so that we can kind of <clears throat> create jobs and help those in in this area so i think that we can do some good things too
1: fantastic yeah that's that's incredible it's good to hear that i mean that's how any good thing happens right it's mm-hmm. it's uh, people who who recognize that groundswell when it's when it's just beginning and and yeah. tied into the right places at the right time so yeah. You can't help but smile. Like you're you're like holding <laughs> it back with everything you have. I know. Philip Prudet, Who should have talked to you a year and a half ago when when the ground yeah. was still a little shaky and Oh man. <laughs> it's it's been wild. I mean it's shaky now still though, oh, right? Yeah. Because you're just starting a company and this this is still
0: a it's it's a seminal moment yeah. for you. So and and for those that you know, for those that have gotten into Bitcoin just because of its popularity and the news and everything, you know, if you bought a, when Bitcoin was higher than ten thousand, today we're sitting at like 80, 85 to nine thousand. That's where we are. Um, you you just hang on to them. It's mm-hmm. a long hold mm-hmm. because the the technology and the structure behind it is so so good. If you can just hang on to them and not get so emotional about prices going up and down. Well, I'm of the opinion
1: that the blockchain is the next... It's the Internet. It's the next thing to... It'll... It's the next technology that will revolutionize everything we do, especially yeah. when it's combined with the other... Well, it's artificial intelligence gets involved, those kinds of things, with, with something as secure and robust as blockchain. Yeah. So... Yeah. Any, any other words of wisdom for...
0: Well, we have a we have some. I mean, it'll be amazing this year. So, our anniversary of doing the deal is in four days, and it'll be really interesting what happens in the next twelve months. Mm-hmm. Where this business is, um, how we've kind of impacted.
1: Do you want to set up a podcast for a year out from we right should. now? It would be phenomenal. Things could be radically different. different. Two thousand what it nineteen. So Okay, Let's fantastic, do we'll do it. We'll do it. It's exciting, man. Appreciate yeah. you being here to to let us let us chat on that that moment.
0: So Yeah. It's it's really it's amazing. So
1: if, if anybody out there wants to take advantage of your opportunity, how do they what's the best way to,
0: to pitch in to help? Yeah, well um our site is coinbook.com, and you'll be able to go there. Um, there will be some um, verification type of things. You'll need to verify your identity for anti-money laundering and know your customer laws and things like that. So just enter it in, and um, then you should be able to start trading. You'll just link up your bank account, uh, and you can buy it with a debit this card. this is
1: after you become live, right? Yes, this is when we're live. Okay.
0: So I'm, Is it already currently... Functioning
1: is just a matter of right. making it available to the public. Kind yeah, of so
0: right now our it's mostly operational. But if you go to coinbook.com right now as of this podcast mm-hmm. date, um, we have a little bit of a mailing list. It's just a place to subscribe. We're not really sending out a newsletter or anything like that. We're mm-hmm. not sending out emails. We're just using it so that when we do go live, we can send out, send out a blast and say hey, your state's legal, we're ready to go Mm -hmm, for you guys. mm -hmm. So, But I'm thinking in the next couple of months we'll we'll be ready to rock and roll, and Utah will be the first place that we can go live, and then we'll have the next 42 states after that, and then we'll go get the tricky ones like New York and all those.
1: The tricky ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The ones with years of
0: judiciary
1: (laughs) background, especially New York, because they've been... Trying to screw up Bitcoin for twenty years now, so yeah,
0: we're we're gonna go for it though. We're gonna go get that New York Bit license, and <laughs>
1: okay.
0: we're we're going all the way. If it's still called a Bit
1: license <laughs> by the time you're there, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Well, fantastic, Kevin. We'll sign off the okay. Sign off for the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. It was fantastic to meet you. When you need to know something, remember, you're not the expert, but somebody is. Somebody close to you. Please like our Commonwealth podcast, leave us a five-star review, and help us grow our network of inclusion and business niches for everyone here in Salt Lake City. Thanks for listening, and until next time.